Hello and welcome to Laying the Points, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by MyBookie. I'm Anthony Amico. You can find me on Twitter at Amixta. And my co-host is Action Network writer Matt LaMarca. You can follow him on Twitter at Matt LaMarca. Matt, how's it going? Going well. Uh, NBA right around the corner, which obviously makes me excited. I just did a show over on DraftKings where I got to do a little NBA talking, and it's got me in in the mood for hoops. But uh, obviously still well into football season. My fantasy teams are doing okay. Uh, I went 3-2 and two on my picks last week. Uh, I feel like it could have been a bigger week. Like I really think the Chargers were close. I thought that they could cover that spread. And I think without some weird things happening, maybe they could have. Like the, the Derwin James interception that got ruled, you know, down at the one yard line as opposed, as opposed to a touchback. Yep. Ended up being a huge swing. So, um, yeah, I, I feel overall pretty good about my process. The one, the one pick I completely whiffed on was the 49ers. Like, I don't know, man. I'm starting to think this Chiefs offense just might be a juggernaut. It's, uh, it's pretty good. <laughs> and, uh, Mahomes is obviously really good. I mean, this is kind of, not to like get on too much of a tangent to start the show, but like when you have the depth of weapons that they have and a quarterback that can at least like make the right decisions and kind of get it all done, like it's really difficult to stop, especially like today's NFL where like it's not like you can hit Mahomes and you can't really get your hands on like Tyreek Hill or any of those guys because of the flag. So like it's really not much the defense can do, you know? Yeah. So many, I mean, like so many guys have scored touchdowns from them. It's ridiculous. Yep. And then the Rams are another team that I think just offensively right now are, you know, not doing the same exact things as the Chiefs, but just the level that they're playing at is easily the second best in the league. Like the way they play three wide virtually the whole game and they run these jet sweeps and, you know, fake the jet sweeps. Like it's just, it's a very creative offense. You know, we'll talk about them. There are Thursday night game this week, so we'll get into the the Rams a little deeper. But like, I've just been very impressed with both them and the Chiefs to start the season. Absolutely. Um, a quick reminder: you guys can support the Road of His Radio Network in our ten shows per week on Patreon. By doing so, you'll gain exclusive access to Road of His Live, our weekly Sunday morning show, uh, video show, answering all your fantasy questions. I was on it last week. Uh, me, Dave Cabon, uh, Colin Kelly. And uh, this week, I'm going to be back on it again. So if you uh, enjoy my fantasy advice, maybe more than my, my betting advice, I don't know, uh, <laughs> check that out. I mean, $5 per month, I think, is a pretty good price. We'll answer all your questions. Four shows per month on top of the 40 podcasts you already get. Just $5. Become a Vertiviz Radio patron today. Join the exclusive community of listeners. And, uh, you know, just help us out. Help us to continue to, continue to grow. Uh, you know, support good content. Uh, speaking of exclusives. We're still only about a month into the year. I mean, you can still get that 30% off discount to Rotoviz NFL Pass. Uh, still provides great value. And it's available through the podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast. You want to make sure you're getting, you know, your waivers, your uh, streamer recommendations, all kinds of good stuff over at Rotoviz. So be sure to check that out. Now, our week four NFL lines coming courtesy of my bookie. Matt already started talking about it, but our Thursday night showdown, I think it's going to be a really good game. Uh, Vikings at Rams, or at least fun. Uh, Rams are seven point home favorites. Totals at 49 and a half. Matt, I'll let you go. Uh, but this is going to be a fun game, I think. Yeah. I mean, the initial th- thought that I had was that this is a bit of an overreaction on the line. Uh, the look ahead was Rams minus five, but the combination of the Vikes looking awful against the Bills and the Rams dominating versus the Chargers 
brought it all the way up to seven. Uh, I'm a bit conflicted here because this is the the first, the biggest test that the Rams have had so far, obviously. But I said the same thing last week about the Chargers. I thought that their defense would at least be able to slow the Rams down a little bit, but it felt like they were averaging like 10 yards a play the whole game. There was just nothing that they could do to slow them down. Forget about stopping them, but just even slowing them down, the only thing that really they could do was, uh, you know, get the Rams into penalties. That's about the only way that the Rams got off the field in that game. So uh, the Vikings have been better defensively than the Chargers have. We'll see if the Rams can continue it. Uh, personally, you know where I stand on these Thursday night games. Like, I just don't like to go against the favorites on the short week. If we look at home favorites in these Thursday night games with both teams coming off four days rest, they're 55-38-1 and one against the spread. That's a return on investment of over 15%. So while I do think maybe this spread is a point or two too high, I still think that given that the Rams are at home and uh, are the better team, I'm going to take them in the Thursday night spot here. I like the call. Uh, you know, this was the game that was the focus of my Action Network piece this week. Uh, really spent most of the time talking about the Rams just because their offense is so good, like you were saying, Matt. Uh, they they go three wide almost exclusively, and the one thing that they do more than more than anyone else and better than anyone else is they run a lot of plays from under center. Obviously, a lot of that is is they're trying to get the run game going with Gurley, but um, you know because of their personnel, they do a really good job of keeping guys out of the box, opening up good run lanes for Gurley, and in addition to that, uh, passing under center is is very rare right now in the league. Uh, league's about 70% pass out of the gun. So, uh, you know, the league on average is only passing 20.4% of the time under center. Rams are about 45%. So more than double the league average rate. And uh, that's important because from under center, you can do a lot more play action. The Rams are a very, very heavy play action team. And uh, passing league wide is a lot more efficient by almost two full yards per attempt. Uh, passing from under center has been better than passing out of the gun. And it makes sense. You know, teams are kind of expecting the run under the center and they're definitely expecting the pass out of the gun. So, uh, you know, McVeigh again, kind of going reverse trends from what you'd expect and uh, benefiting massively. So, you know, I kind of I didn't make a strong stance in the piece, but having thought about it for, you know, 36 hours or so since then, like I I think I still really like the over in this game, even at 49 and a half. Like I think it's going to close around like 50 or 51, uh, just because the the injuries on the defensive side for the Rams continue to mount. I mean, Akita Talib just got put on the IR. Uh, doesn't really seem like Marcus Peters is going to play, and those are two huge losses, especially when you're going up against uh, Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen. Uh, you know, Rams defense has been excellent this year in in all facets, but uh, the Vikings surprisingly have have only been very mediocre in coverage 21st uh ranked uh courtesy of pff so uh they've been a really good run defense this year but as we know uh pass defense really has correlated a lot more to to wins and to points allowed so i think uh i think this is going to be a shootout i can get behind that Bengals at falcons uh you know your falcons matt i don't know why i I, I always attribute the falcons to you they're not mine Uh, anymore i I relinquish (laughs) that title uh falcons are five point home favorites coming off a really tough loss against the saints uh big total in this one 51 and a half it opened up i think around like 48 so we've seen a lot of movement upwards in this game uh what do you think of the contest 
Yeah, I think that this is a nice spot for the Bengals. Um, if you look at Marvin Lewis, he's 17-5 and five against the spread as an underdog when playing his second consecutive road game. So I know that's a little bit of a convoluted trend, but uh, I think it just goes to show that Marvin Lewis is actually maybe a better coach than we give him credit for, at least in the regular season, you know? Uh, and just to take that a step further, in the Bet Labs database, he is the most profitable underdog coach. Uh, he would profit um, $100 betters, roughly 1450 bucks since taking over uh, the Bengals job. So he can get the job done as an underdog. Uh, and I'm not really sure why this spread has gone to minus five. The look ahead line was minus four, and it actually got as high as minus six. But the Sharps really quickly bet that back down. Um, the Bengals outgained the Panthers in their last game, but they were done in by four interceptions from Dalton. I don't think he'll have nearly as difficult of a time this week against the Falcons. They've been uh, really beat up badly the last two weeks, and they're dealing with some injury uh, situations of their own. So I like the Falcon, uh, the Bengals here as a moderate dog on the road. Um, you know, as much as they may be my Falcons, I'm, I'm fading them here. I'm totally with you. I think that Cincinnati has been really impressive. If you go back just two weeks, they had a great win against Baltimore. You mentioned that they competed really well with Carolina. Probably should have won the game. I mean, if you're just talking about, uh, I think, a median outcome, we probably would have expected the Bengals to win considering how they played outside of the turnovers. Yep. Um, and, and the injuries for me in the Falcons' secondary are a huge problem. I mean, Ricardo Allen, done, torn Achilles. They're already down Keanu Neal. They're already down Deion Jones, been a linebacker who has, I mean, the loss of Jones in particular has really hurt them in defending the running backs. We talked about their cover three defense last week and how they kind of funnel the ball down to the running back. But without Deion Jones in the game, uh, they've had a lot, a much tougher time, like corralling those running backs in space. And uh, I just think that those injuries against this Bengals offense uh, is not a particularly good matchup because, you know, they can beat you. With two or three different receivers at this point, uh, Tyler Eifert has, you know, seen the field a lot more than I think we maybe expected, and uh, Gio Bernard is is an excellent receiver. So I think uh, the Bengals are certainly going to compete a, a lot more than the line is suggesting. <coughs> Excuse me, and uh, I like them here. I like them plus five. I think, that, like you said, I think that's uh, a really good number. Yeah, and I think maybe the reason the spread went up was because of AJ Green's questionable status, but. It sounds like they're optimistic that he's going to suit up. And I ultimately don't think that he has like that negligible of an effect on the offense. Like even without Green, they still have some talented playmakers with Boyd, with Eifert, John Ross, Gio Bernard catching passes out of the backfield. So uh, even if Green was to miss, I still like the Bengals here. But obviously him being in there against the Falcons uh, only only enhances the bet, in my opinion. Yeah. And it's a home game for AJ Green. He's a Georgia guy. Georgia. Bucks at Bears, Chicago, home favored, minus three against uh, Tampa Bay. We saw a little bit of uh, Fitz Magic regression last week. Fitz Tragic. Oh, I like that. I hadn't heard that before. Trademarked. Uh, <laughs> 46 and a half point total. Feels low considering what the Bucks have done, but uh, I think you have some good stats here on this, Matt. What do you think? Yeah, I, I like the Bears here. They were very close to making it into my picks, but... Ultimately, uh, they they fell just short. They've been the best team in the league per DVOA through the first three weeks. The Bucks, meanwhile, are just 29th in that department. Um, they've made up for it by being fantastic on offense, but 
I'm still not convinced that Ryan Fitzpatrick or James Winston. I mean, we haven't gotten word yet on who's going to start, but uh, I guess do you do you have a strong opinion one way or the other on that? On who should start? On who should start and who will start? Well, it sounds like uh, Fitzpatrick has been getting the reps in practice, so okay. I kind of think that he's going to start, but I think that that's a mistake. I think they should go to Jameis. I feel the same way. Like we know what Fitzpatrick is at this point. He's played great against some defenses that we know are are exploitable. Um, this is going to be a real test for him. You know, the Bears have a really good pass rush. They've been, you know, as I mentioned, the best team in the league per DVOA. So uh, I think that they're going to make life really difficult on Fitzpatrick. And I think that they're, uh, the Bears offense can do just enough against them. You know, Trubisky has been uh, definitely well below expectations for him. I saw a Twitter poll, like, who would you rather have? Trubisky or Josh Allen and the results were nearly like 80% Josh Allen which I think is just such a uh, overreaction from one game like Twitter wanted nothing to do with Josh Allen at the beginning of the season and loved Trubisky so uh, I'm still you know buying low I guess on Trubisky here I think he still is talented even though he's underperformed through the first couple of weeks but against this defense I think he should be able to make enough plays. Yeah, I, I kind of am starting to think that they just both stink, but it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't really matter. Like, I mean, Trubisky plays in a, in a in a good offense and he has good players around him. Like he doesn't really have to be good for the Bears to do well or for them to win this game, uh, especially if they're playing such good defense. Big Fangio, really, really good defensive coordinator. I mean, I yes. don't think we say that enough. So when you look at the matchup, like you said, Tampa, they gave up 40, uh, sorry, 40 points to the Saints and 30 points last week to the Steelers. Uh, I mean, I, it's kind of hard to see them giving up 30 to Chicago, obviously, but uh, the Bears certainly, I think, will be one step ahead of them offensively. Uh, I mean, whatever. Maybe Fitzmagic just stinks again, and then they go back to Jameis after the bye. So that's I'm kind of okay with that outcome, I guess. But I, I just don't trust teams that, that are complete leaks on defense. Like, Yeah, for sure. So I, I couldn't go there. If I had to pick a side and go Bears, I'm probably just staying away from this game because I don't I don't know. This guy, this particular kind of game doesn't appeal to me because I feel like Tampa Tampa like should be the better team. But Chicago is in a, a positive matchup and they're at home. It's just I, I don't like that. Lions at Cowboys. Speaking of teams, I don't like <laughs> uh, Dallas is a three point home favorite. Forty three and a half point total. Uh, no Sean Lee in this game. So that's, I think, a pretty big deal. Uh, what do you make of the game, Matt? Yeah, that's a big one. I mean, we definitely harped on Lee's importance to the Cowboys basically all offseason. But, um, you know, let's be honest, the results haven't been great with him in there. So <laughs> the big reason why I'm on the Cowboys in this game is I just think it's a major letdown spot for the Lions. You know, you could tell they wanted to go in and beat the Patriots for uh, Matt Patricia, who... You know, we've we've maligned quite a bit, but it seems like the players are, are still behind him. Um, and just going through the Bet Labs database, it's a small sample size, but teams who beat the Patriots and are then favored the following week are 10 and 15 against the spread. So I think there is definitely a, a letdown uh, correlation after pulling off a big win against the Patriots. We saw it last week with Jacksonville against Tennessee, who... You know, they look like world beaters against the Pats, and then they scored six points against the Titans. So I think that the Pats letdown is definitely a real thing. Uh, and with that in mind, I will take the Cowboys minus three. But again, like, this is not a spot that, I, uh, that I'm that i really excited about betting. 
Yeah, I mean it's it's a bad game, right? It's going to be like a sloppy game. These are two of <clears throat> excuse me, these are two these are two of the lowest teams in the league in pace, uh, both bottom twelve in that statistic. And uh, the the Cowboys have a really major advantage on the ground here. That's really I think what this game comes down to for me. Uh, they're plus twenty six in rush DVOA versus Detroit rush defense DVOA, and uh, their offensive line is plus twenty in adjusted line yards versus the Detroit defensive line. So, really, really good matchup for them. We know that they like to run. I think a lot of their issues offensively have just been that they don't have a ton of you know receiving weapons. But this seems like a game that they can you know comfortably hand the ball to Zeke and just kind of ride him throughout. And I think that's the kind of game that Dallas wants to play. So I, I think this feeds into their hands. Uh, you know, the spread only three points kind of says that they're an even team on neutral on neutral site. I'm not really sure I agree with that. I still think Dallas is better. Uh, I'm going to take them here with uh, the Lions coming off the big win. Bills at Packers. The Pack, 10-point home favorites, hoping to avoid, uh, you know, doing what the Vikings did last week and getting creamed by Josh Allen. 45-point uh, total. Matt, what do you think? Man, how how things have changed for the Buffalo Bills, right? Last week, they were getting 17 points against the Vikings. You know, we were talking about how Vegas couldn't set their lines high enough. Now they're only getting 10 in Lambeau against Aaron Rodgers. And the public is actually supporting them. You know, they're, they're receiving more uh, bets and bet dollars than the Packers through Wednesday. So, you know, I guess the public is now on the Bills bandwagon. Uh, I will personally be backing Aaron Rodgers here. If you look at him, he is just uh, an all-time great quarterback in terms of covering the spread. He's mediocre on the road, but at home, he just dominates. He's 45-24-3 against the spread. That's a 26.5% return on investment, and he covers by an average of almost 4.5 points per game. So the Packers just are capable of just murdering people when they play in Green Bay. Uh, I know they were tough last week against the Redskins, but is it possible that the Redskins are just better than we thought? You know, they've had two two really good weeks. Um, you know, that game was obviously in Washington, which I think benefits them. I, I think it was a tougher spot for Green Bay than, than most people think. So I like the Packers here. I will lay the 10 points. It's even down to 9.5 in certain places. So I think this is a good week to buy back on the Bills' hatred. I, I'm in on the back. Yeah, me too. And the constant theme that I feel like we preach every week on this show is just not falling victim to the overreaction, right? And I mean, are the Packers? I think that the Vikings are better than the Packers. Don't be wrong. But I don't think that they're seven points better. And I think especially when you factor in that Green Bay is is like a super dominant home team over the last few years. Like, I certainly don't think that they're a touchdown worse than the Vikings. So like either we're wrong about the bills and they're better than we think, which I don't think is the case, or uh, we're getting a lot of spread value here. And I'm going to go with the spread value and uh, go pack minus 10. I mean, there's no real, there's no real thing that Buffalo does where I'm like, Oh man, like this is going to kill the Packers. Like I just feel like they're going to score at will in this game. Right. And I think, you know, they'll never admit it, but I think the Vikings were definitely looking past the bills. You know, they have a a Thursday night game against the Rams. Like, I think that was definitely a look-ahead spot for them. And mm-hmm. uh, I don't think it's indicative of how either of those teams are going to play going forward. 
Yeah, and they had like that whole thing with like Everson Griffin or whatever. I don't really know like the details of it, but yeah, it's 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 a hazy situation for sure. Yeah, so I, a lot of distractions I feel like, and obviously a a real look ahead spot for them. Now, ever since I started this podcast, people have asked me for advice. Usually, it's what team to bet on this week. The truth is, I don't really know who's going to win, and if you followed my picks, you, that's probably pretty evident. <laughs> uh, but if you think you know. You got to check out my bookie. I mean, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. Maybe even more important. That's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, they are your best bet this season. If you want to get action in the games, you definitely want to get, you know, the best lines, the best service. Uh, my bookie definitely provides that. They have great reviews. Their mobile site is easy to use. And I, I know, especially for myself, I'm, I would say 90% of my bets happen from my phone. So that's pretty important. You guys know by now, I'd only recommend a service that's been good to me. So I'm urging you to make your way over to my bookie. You win and they pay, and they pay fast without any hassles. They have in-game live betting, over-unders on fantasy points scored, and the most rewarding player perks in the business. Actually, like I have to get in more on the fantasy point bets. I haven't looked at them often enough, and uh, I feel like that's like a no-brainer for what we do. Yeah, same. I've I've been, you know, Sundays are obviously very busy. I work Sunday mornings doing the customer service for fantasy labs, and obviously I'm tinkering with my season-long leagues and my DFS leagues, but I should make more of an effort to get over and check out the player props. Yep, and uh, my bookie is still offering the same promotion that we've been pushing really slammed with new betters. So if you make a deposit after 7 p.m., that's right, just wait until after 7 p.m. Eastern time, you get an additional $25 free play on deposits over $100. That's it. All you have to do is just wait till after 7, and you get that uh, promotion my bookie is also matching your deposit dollar for dollar. Just use promo code ROTOVIZ to activate the special offer. And if you use ROTOVIZ25, it's the same promo code, just add 25 at the end. That's how you get the extra $25 free play. So visit my bookie online today. That's M Y B O O K I E. And don't forget to use promo code ROTOVIZ25 so you can get that extra $25 free play. It's up to you guys. I mean, you know, you can bet what you want. You can deposit when you want. But if I were you, I'd wait until after dinner, take the extra money. Where you play, you win, and you get paid. MyBookie.ag. Can I give out uh, some bonus uh, bets that I just made on MyBookie? Yeah, do it up. So the NBA Rookie of the Year odds have been posted. And I just put down some wagers on Trey Young at plus 1,000 and Marvin Bagley at plus 1,200. Uh, I don't think they're the best rookies by any stretch of the imagination, but it's all about opportunities, this award. Like, typically the guy that puts up the best raw counting stats wins this thing, and uh, I think that those two guys are in positions to be focal points of their offense and then pile up, you know, assists in Trey Young's case and rebounds in Marvin Bagley's case. So I really like those bets. Hop in on my bookie and take advantage. I love it, Matt. I've also been... uh debating Celtics over 58 and a half. I know you don't want me to be a Celtics guy, but. <laughs> hey, that team is loaded, man. They are deep and talented, so. Yeah, we'll have to get a basketball show in before the season starts so we can talk about some of that stuff. But a lot of really good stuff brewing in the NBA. Let's uh, let's get back to the football. Eagles minus four at Titans, 41-point total. I mean, I, I think it was you that I, that we were texting last weekend and with uh, John. We were just like, just don't play guys in fantasy that play against the Titans, like in Titans games. Like those games are just gross. Um, I mean, how the heck do we handicap this one? Yeah, I have no idea, Anthony, to be honest. <laughs> like, I feel like football gets set back about 70 years when the Titans play. Like, it's just gross. 
You know, they obviously that that first game had weather issues, but even since then, it hasn't been much prettier. So uh, I really this is probably of all the games this week. This is the one I have the least feel on. Uh, I'm if I had to pick something, I would probably take the under just because I feel like the Titans have been an under machine recently. Um, I do think that the Eagles are the better team. That's obviously reflected in the line, but the Titans just have ways of keeping these games close and, and making them ugly. So I'll go under, but again, like that, this is probably the least confident I feel in any bet this week. Yeah. And the Eagles kind of disappointed last week. I mean, we were both pretty high on them at a uh, minus six and a half and, I mean, they they probably could have lost that game against Indy if a couple of those uh, Colts pass catchers could, uh, you know, actually pass catch. <laughs> um, so I'm not really sure what to feel about Philly. I mean, clearly Wentz has some rust still to shake off. This is not really an ideal environment for him. So I'm with you. Like, I, I'd rather just stay away. Under seems like a pretty good bet considering kind of what's been produced. I'd imagine that total gets down. I mean, my goodness. Like, the Titans, I think, like, the Gabbert, like we got we got the uh, a good Gabbert line last week. We, I think I got him at like plus nine or plus ten. Yeah, like that was a, that was a good line. But pl- just plus four with Mariota uh, probably back in the lineup. I'm I'm not really feeling that as much. You know who's smiling right now? Mike Malarkey. Yeah, that guy was crushed for his exotic Smash Mouth offense, and honestly, they've looked even worse with the new offensive coordinator Lafleur. So. Uh, yeah, maybe Malarkey's just kicking back. Like, you know what? I did the best I could with these guys. So, yep. Yeah, I was dead wrong about that Matt LaFleur guy. I mean, maybe he's a good coach. I don't know. But yeah, it's clearly, only like, three weeks. Clearly, a lot of, clearly, McVay is like the real deal. So it's hard to like give credit now to LaFleur for a lot of that stuff. Texans at Colts. Nice AFC South matchup. Colts at home, minus one and a half. 47 point total, Matt. Uh, I mean, the Texans have disappointed to start the, the year, to say the least. Uh, the Colts, I would say, at least considering what I thought of them to enter the year, have disappointed as well. So, uh, you know, which of these teams do you think writes the ship? I think this might be my favorite game of the week. I really like the Texans. Um, they have some nice trends working for them. So they're 0-3 right now. And if you look at underdogs who are winless headed into week four, they are 30-20-2 and against the spread. Um, I also think the Texans are better than their record indicates. They have a Pythagorean win expectation of 1.1 and 1.9. So, you know, obviously that's over a full win better than what their current record indicates. They've outgained their first three opponents by nearly 150 yards. Meanwhile, the Colts, uh, particularly Andrew Luck, has not looked impressive in his return. His YPA right now is just 5.3 yards, which is, you know, Sam Darnold would look at that and blush. He's really just relied on dink and dunks. He doesn't appear to have the deep ball in his game. They have no run game anymore. They're ranking just 24th in rushing DVOA. So I love getting the team that I think is better here, the Texans. Their backs are against the wall, and I'm getting a point and a half with them. So I I love the Texans in this spot. All really great explanations. I mean, the luck factor is very, very troubling to me. I mean, as a as a heavy T.Y. Hilton fantasy owner. Yeah, me too. Um, it just sucks that, like, the ball's not going down the field. And it sucks that, like, Andrew Luck's not Andrew Luck. You know, yep. like, he was a really good player. So uh, I think anytime you have a quarterback who's restricted in what he can do, makes it really difficult to bet on him, uh, even at home. And you're 100% right. Like, the Texans are still pretty talented, uh, especially on offense. Like, I, 
their offensive, uh, you know, personnel is really strong. Um, and it just doesn't, it doesn't really stand to reason that like they wouldn't score points in this matchup. The Colts defense has been a little bit better than expected, but I still really respect Houston. And, uh, this is a, a matchup where both teams are top five in neutral pace. So I actually think the 47 point total is a little low. I would, uh, I would take the over there personally. Dolphins at Pats. Pats minus six and a half. I mean, did you ever think that the Dolphins would be leading the AFC East through three weeks? I, <laughs> by I two, certainly by did. two games, no, uh, no less. Right, yeah. like I, they need to not win more than three games the rest of the year for me to, <laughs> for me to win my under bet on them. Um, Forty-seven and a half point total on the contest, Matt. What do you think? Yeah, and the sharps so far absolutely pounding the Patriots. Eighty-three percent of the money has come in on them. But they opened at seven and it's down to six and a half, which kind of is a little concerning for me. Um, if you look at Brady and Belichick, they haven't lost two games in a row very often, but when they have, they're four and one against the spread and five and oh straight up, uh, in the third game. So, you know, if, if the Patriots can't get it done here, I think this is when we really have to start, you know, considering if there's some real problems with this team. Um, the Dolphins, meanwhile, are three and zero, but that are they actually any good? Like they've been outgained by more than 150 yards, but have survived because they forced eight turnovers through three games, which uh, I believe is second in the league. So I expect the Patriots to be a little more cautious with the football than uh, some of their other opponents have been, and this is absolutely like a early backs against the wall spot for the Pats. Like if they lose this game and fall to one and three. The Dolphins move to four and zero. That's a three game, uh, you know, deficit in the division. So, I think that we're going to see the best that the Patriots have to offer in this game. Uh, I would feel better about it if Julian Edelman was available, which he obviously still has to finish up his suspension. But hopefully, they can work Josh Gordon into the offense this week. Yeah. Um, I- I'm taking the Pats. I'm locking them in now at six and a half, since I think this will inevitably get back to seven at some point. Um. So yeah, I'm trusting Bill and Tom. I'm not starting to shovel the dirt onto their grave until they are officially dead. Yeah, I mean this is this is my bet of the week. If I had to bet one game, it would be this one, and it would be the Pats. I mean, I went with the stats last week about how good they are coming off a loss, uh, and it didn't hit. But you know, I'm going to double down, especially now that they're at home and against an AFC East opponent. I mean, I just don't, I just don't see a scenario where. You know, the Pats lead this game three games behind the Dolphins in the AFC East. I just don't see it. Uh, I still believe in them as a team. I mean, last week they were missing like three defensive starters. They're still a little banged up on defense, but the Dolphins offense is just not nearly as impressive as the Lions are uh, from a talent standpoint. I think that if the Patriots take away Kenny Stills, which I expect them to do, I think that that really, really hurts what uh, Miami can do offensively. And uh, the Miami defense really isn't that good. Like I, like you said, they forced the turnovers. But I think overall, uh, you know, they're going to struggle to match up. Um, obviously, Gronk is impossible to match up with. But I think overall, uh, this Miami team can be scored on. And uh, we'll get that Josh Gordon breakout that I've been waiting five years for. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the one thing that does concern me about the Dolphins is that they have a lot of speed at the wide receiver position. You know, between Kenny Stills, Jakeem Grant, and Albert Wilson, you know, those guys are all capable of ripping off big plays. And the Patriots, 
defense has looked slow. So hopefully getting some of their starting personnel back in there will help. But, um, you know, that that would be the one concern that I had if I was uh, a Patriots fan, which thankfully I am not. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I know myself well enough that I'm probably just going to end up teasing the Pats with like some other team. That isn't as good, and I'm gonna I'm gonna fuck it up. Don't like do, don't do teasers. Don't don't do teasers. I know, I know. I just says, says the guy who put in a 17 parlay last week. Listen, sometimes, listen, sometimes you gotta optimize your your bankroll. Sometimes you gotta get a little frisky because it's fun. Like, I really just... thought I had a great a great read on the league last week. I think I went five. <laughs> and, I think I went five and two in those picks, but you know, 17 parlays are just stupid. So I will not be doing that again. So wait till you do the full slate 16. No. <laughs> uh, Jets at Jags. Jacksonville coming off a, a bad loss. Uh, minus seven and a half at home. 38 and a half point total against uh, your fighting Jets, Matt. What do you make of this one? Yeah, so one one thing that stood out to me here was, you know, we have a big favorite uh, seven and a half points and a low total at just 38.5. So I looked it up. Favorites of seven to 10 points in games with a total of 40 or less have gone 90, 75, and five against the spread since 2003. So that's an 8.3% return on investment. So um, that, that definitely pushes me in the Jaguars direction here. The Jets offense outside of week one when everything broke their way has just been anemic. Um, Sam Darnold really is just a check down machine. Like against the Browns, they did some stuff in the first half that worked, namely screen passes to a But then the Browns just decided like, okay, we're not letting this happen anymore. And they moved all their personnel up and Darnold wasn't able to do anything about it. So I have no confidence in him to be able to complete a deep ball at this point in his career. And against the Jaguars defense that was the best in the league against the pass last season, I don't feel very good about their uh, prospects moving the ball. So uh, the fact that the Jaguars are coming off of a loss, I think, matters for them. I think they'll be a little angry. Uh, This isn't a game that I have a a, a ton of interest in, but I definitely lean the Jaguars here laying seven and a half. Yeah, I think the thing I care about most in this game is if Quincy Anunua can continue to be a 30% market share receiver in this offense. That's like the fantasy... interest for me is just a lot higher than anything else because the game i mean like jacksonville is just way better you know like (laughs) like, there's just no other way to say it like it's reflected in the line uh but when you include the the trends uh they do seem like a a really really good bet here and we talked about this a little bit before the show like we like the trends and uh especially when you consider like the continuity with which like these lines are kind of set based on certain situations like uh Getting an 8.3% ROI on pretty much anything is it's really good. Browns at Raiders. The Raiders. Three-point home favorites. 45-point total. Go for it, Matt. What do you got? I'm honestly, this is like the spread of the week where I just am, am shocked right now. The Raiders opened up at one. They've been bet all the way up to three. I thought for sure the public at the very minimum would be on the Browns. And so far, that just hasn't been the case. Like, the Raiders are receiving 62% of the bets and 79% of the money, um, which is just shocking for me considering what the Raiders have done this season and what Baker Mayfield did last year, or last week, I should say. 
Um, the Raiders do fit that winless trend team that I mentioned before, but they're favored. They're not an underdog. So this is not exactly the same situation. Uh, and I can't go against Baker Mayfield here. Like I saw firsthand what that guy can do. He is a baller. Um, the Jets say they had no plan in place for him, but I honestly don't think it would have mattered. He had a, a yards per attempt of 8.7, completion rate of 73.9%, and the Jets' defense had been pretty stout prior to that point. Um, so he's just such an upgrade over Tyrod Taylor at this point. You know that the Browns have some weapons on the offensive side of the ball, even with Josh Gordon not playing there anymore. So I think they'll be able to move the rock against Oakland and their defense is solid. You know, Miles Garrett might be the best defensive player in football right now. He is just super disruptive on the defensive line. So, uh, maybe this is a square lean, but I want Baker in the three points. Like I can't help it. I mean, you're not going to find a bigger Baker fan than right here. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, like, like he's the real deal. Like he's just. A really good like, shocker. I know that the first overall pick is like a really good football player, but no, but I, you know what? Like, I think a lot of people, especially outside of the fantasy community felt that he was a reach at one overall. So, right. you know, the consensus sort of became that Darnold was the best quarterback in the draft and fell to the jets at three. But I know I never felt that way. And I don't think you felt that way either. No, you're hundred percent right. And like, for me, like Baker is just, like when you're that efficient at the college level, that consistently, man, I just love that guy. He's just so good. And uh, I think that they match up like pretty well at like receiver too, because I mean Landry, his depth of target has increased greatly this year, coming off the Dolphins and onto the Browns. Uh, Antonio Callaway seems like a pretty good player. I mean, I guess we don't really know a ton just yet. But... He's a burner at the at a bare minimum. Like he, there right. were a couple times he got behind the defense last week for sure. Yeah, so like I, I don't really think that much of the secondary. I mean, Gary and Conley has been getting abused to open the season. Uh, 2.84 yards per route covered. That's a top, or I guess you'd say worse than the league, according to PFF. So I think that uh, the Browns are going to take advantage of that. And I think they could win this game outright, you know, so I'll definitely take them with the three points. I think the fantasy community in general needs to issue an apology to Jarvis Landry. That guy yeah, was, well, well I mean, there's been a lot of uh, Jarvis Landry apologizing over the last couple seasons. I was, I'm one of them. I, I'm a Jarvis Landry apologist. I'm good. in. That's the right. That's the right lean. You know, like we all kind of shit on him a little bit when he was just catching like 12 passes a game for 80 yards. But that guy's a real football player, and the real loser is Zach Mettenberg. Oh, How yeah. did that guy have Landry and Odell Beckham and not dominate? I think the real loser is Les Miles. I talk about this. <laughs> fair, I talk about this all point, the time. Fair point. Studs, studs everywhere. They had Jeremy Hill on that team. Just unbelievable to me. Uh, I just I don't understand. So listen, we all have we all have to make these decisions every week in daily in uh you know daily fantasy right uh season long fantasy you know who do I start who do I sit what do I do fantasymath.com is here to help with those big calls. Especially if you're indecisive like me, this is certainly something that you should be interested in. You need to choose between player X and player Y. Put your matchup in a fantasy math, and that'll help with those big calls. I know for me, you know, a couple of big decisions to have to deal with the aforementioned Antonio Callaway. You know, do I want to start him or not? Well, I can plug it right into fantasy math, and uh, it'll give it to me straight, right off the data. No bias, you know, no need to, to be concerned about, you know, 15 different analysts giving you a different answer. Just give, get you the data-based response. 
at Fantasy Math. Players' variability, whether whether you're the favorite, correlations across your matchup. Fantasy Math takes all that into account to help to make the correct lineup call. It's matchup specific. And right now, Rotoviz listeners get a season long membership. That's right, all year to Fantasy Math for just twenty dollars. You just have to use the link rotaviz.fantasymath.com. That's rotaviz.fantasymath.com. Fantasy Math is one word. Don't miss out. Make better lineup decisions. Get better lineups. Win more leagues. Win more money. That's pretty much what we're about at Rotoviz. So do that now. Rotaviz.fantasymath.com. I think I'm going to start a website called fantasymath.com, and it's going to uh, be the same premise, but you just ask me who you play and then do the opposite. <laughs> I feel like every week you or, or our friend John like hit me up and is like, who should I play? And I have a hit rate of about 5% on those. Like, I'm never <laughs> right. I'm never right. So I'm going to start a fantasymat.com website and it's going to just, you can use my ineptitude at start sit decisions to your advantage. I like it, Matt. I think, <laughs> uh, I think it could be profitable. <laughs> <laughs> Seahawks minus three at Cardinals, another battle of birds, 38 and a half point total. Again, I mean, the, the, the NFC uh, West is just a fucking terrible division. Like it's the Rams, like the Rams just, they clinched it already. Just give it to them. But uh, these teams still have to play. So what do you think? It's funny you mentioned that they're both bird teams because I looked up a trend when a bird team is favored on the, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, the Cardinals are another team that fit that 0-3 trend, but interestingly enough, home underdogs haven't done nearly as well in that situation as the overall sample has. They're just 11-11-2 against the spread. So what that tells me is that like, if you're a home underdog and you're 0-3, you're just a very bad team. Yeah, you suck. So uh, <laughs> we'll see what the Rosen switch means for them. Um, honestly, he can't be much of a downgrade from Bradford at this point. You know, Bradford has been just pretty horrible and it's just killing all of my Larry Fitzgerald shares. Um, the, the Seahawks, meanwhile, have been competitive in all three of their games. So I think that they are the better team here. Um, that said, they're a bad road team. 55, 65, uh, 51, 65 and six against the spread since 2003. So I'm conflicted here. I want to take the Seahawks because I think that Russell Wilson is just the better, the best player in this game. But the 0-3 Cardinals and the fact that the Seahawks have been bad on the road makes me want to take the, the Cardinals as a home dog. They paid off for me as a home dog last week, and I know you too. So I think I will do that. I will take the Cardinals plus three, but again, this is not one that I have much conviction on. The Cardinals just play so slow. Like it's 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 ridiculous how slow they're playing. Like I I have hopes for Rosen and I like Rosen. Like I I think that this is definitely going to be like a positive move for them long term. I mean, just get away from friggin' Sam Bradford. Like that's <laughs> that's plus EV right there. Yeah, for sure. But like when you're so slow, it's like hard to get enough plays for that difference to matter. Like David Johnson still isn't getting the ball enough, you know. Like so, I mean, maybe their overall offensive efficiency improves and that you know, leads to more points even at the slow pace or maybe the quarterback change allows them to play a little faster. I mean, I, I don't really know, but I think right now Steve Wilkes, Mike McCoy, like they need to just like lock themselves in a room for like a week and just come up with like a completely new offense. Like they, like their offensive identity stinks right now. And I don't like to bet teams that I don't trust 
that, you know, can score the football. Uh, I mean, they have Patrick Peterson playing zone right now instead of like the lockdown man corner that he's been throughout his whole career. I just think this team is very poorly coached and is very lost. So uh, I would like the Seattle side, despite their own coaching issues, uh, but at least they still have Russell fucking Wilson. True. So yep. that's how I operate. And yeah, like the Cardinals had 14 points like super early in the game, like pr- with probably five minutes left in the first quarter, they had 14 and seven of those came because they forced a turnover near the red zone and took over an excellent field position. And if they had literally scored three more points for the entire game, they wouldn't be 0-3. But they could. So, so, yeah, I think that the Cardinals might just be that bad. So, I've honestly, I've changed my mind. I'll take the Seahawks. Yeah, let's go. (laughs) Yeah, not only, by the way, did they lose, but they almost gave up the backdoor cover if Khalil Mack wasn't offside. Oh, dude. I, my heart was through my chest on that because I bet on the Cardinals. So, I was watching. Trust me. <laughs> uh, Saints at Giants. Just when I think I'm done, the Giants wrote me back they in. Pull me back in. With an impressive win against Houston. They are three and a half point dogs at home. The total is 50. The Saints have been scoring like crazy. They have been allowing points like crazy. The defense has regressed as expected uh, and is very, very banged up. What do you make of this contest? Give me the G, man. Uh, Saints as a road favorite since 2013, five and ten against the spread. They were better last year and the year prior, but uh, I think that this Saints team is kind of trending more towards what those previous teams have done. You know, offensive juggernaut, but weak on the road uh, or weak on defense, I should say. So I think taking them off the turf field at the Superdome has to have a negative effect on them. And if you look at you know their first three results, they have been all dome games you know they play two games at home and then once in atlanta which is basically like the superdome light so i like the fact that i'm getting what i feel to be like an extra half points here with the giants um if you look at what they've done this year they've been competitive against jacksonville and obviously they beat houston the only big time egg that they laid was against dallas um and that was just a situation where they couldn't block for anything in that game Their offensive line looked much better against Houston, in my opinion, after making a couple changes. Uh, And Houston is no slouch in the pass rush department. You know, they have J.J. Watt, Jadavian Clowney, Whitney Merciless. So uh, I am optimistic about the G-Men moving forward, honestly. So I will gladly take them getting three and a half here at home. I think it's a good spot for them. From your lips, Matt. I mean, the Giants getting rid of Flowers, or, you know, he's on the team, but like just Getting him off, getting him off the the field, is like just such a tremendous upgrade to me. Like I almost don't even care how good this other guy is. Like I think just like from a mental standpoint, him being off the field is really good for them. So yeah. uh, I'm pretty pleased with that. the The big thing for me is just like the linebackers have to cover. If the Giants linebackers cover, you know, then they'll be in good shape because I mean, so much of this offense goes through Kamara. Uh, Kamara and Michael Thomas both have 30% target shares in the offense. Uh, the Saints have really changed, I think, their MO, which over the years had been, yep. you know, to, to spread the ball around. So I uh, really like what they've done. It makes it really difficult for me to bet the Giants, honestly, just because I, I don't think that they really have an answer for Kamara. Um, but, uh, 
again, I don't I don't like to bet I don't like to bet on the Giants. I don't like to bet their games. So I, hear I you. uh I'm I feel the same way. Like for me to bet on the Jets, I have to really feel good about them. And uh so I can understand, you know, having a, a bit of a slanted take on the G Men. But trust me on this one, Anthony. <laughs> Giants are the side. I hope you're right. I would love for them to, to, to get another dub or even against the spread, I'd take a dub at this yeah, point. I just want to cover. Lose by three, <laughs> that's fine with me. <laughs> Niners at Chargers. No Jimmy G in this one. So the Chargers are 10.5 point home favorites, 46.5 point total. Um, I mean, RIP Jimmy G, torn ACL. Really stinks to see. CJ Pathard will uh, be manning the reins, Matt. What do you make of that? Um. Uh, yeah, I think it's a downgrade. <laughs> uh, a lot of what we felt about the 49ers heading into this year was based on, you know, what Garoppolo was going to do for them offensively. And that is no longer there. You know, removing him from the equation leaves this offense with, you know, maybe one of the largest talent voids in the lead. Like they don't have a single guy on offense that I think is a real playmaker uh, and their defense isn't particularly impressive either. So, uh, Bethard, it was one and four against the spread as a starter last season. Not impressive at all. Uh, I was actually a bit surprised at that because I thought he was okay in fantasy purposes, but, you know, again, fantasy purposes don't translate to real football all the time. So, uh, yeah, I think that this is a spot for the Chargers to sort of get right, beat up on a team that is, uh, really just frankly going to be one of the worst in the league moving forward, I think. I'm torn here because I actually I'm not all the way out on Bethard or Bethard, however the hell you pronounce it. Like I'm not I'm not all the way out. I hated the draft pick last year. I did not think he belonged in the third round, fourth round. But I thought he played pretty well last year. I know that the the fantasy stuff, like you said, it doesn't fantasy doesn't always match up to reality, but and maybe just because he kicked the shit out of the Giants. But like he <laughs> I, I felt like he was pretty good. Um I mean that said, you know, Chargers as banged up as they are on defense. Like, they should just be able to score at will on the Niners. I mean, the Niners have really not played very good defense all year. Um, I think the pressure on the defense obviously increases with the quarterback change. And the Chargers are at home, which I think they desperately will invite in this situation. So uh, I'm going to go with them. I think that they will control the game. Uh, ten and a half is big. I don't, I don't usually bet numbers that big. If I'm betting a ten point favorite this week, it's probably the Packers. Yep, agreed. Uh, so I will, I will probably avoid the Chargers as a result. Ravens at Steelers. I love these games. Uh, you know, AFC North. I feel like they're just complete bloodbaths. But this one projects to be, you know, pretty high scoring. Fifty-one point total. Steelers are three point home favorites. What do you got? I think we're still getting some line value here with the Steelers. I thought we had it last week. Uh, and both of us cashed a ticket with them against the Buccaneers. But basically what this line is saying is that the Steelers and the Ravens are equal on a neutral field. And I just don't agree with that. I still think that the Steelers are the more talented team. Um, you know, they haven't exactly been super impressive to start the season, but I think their offense is, is ad- as advertised and their pass rush is still pretty solid. So I think the Steelers are the better team for sure. Um, the Ravens also have historically been a much better team at home than on the road. I mean, we saw them completely lay an egg in their only other road game this year against the Bengals. So I think the Steelers minus three definitely has some value in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I agree with you all show, which uh, I don't love to do. I mean, I like to do it because I think you're good, but I, I feel like the, it's not good for the show product. 
So sorry, listeners, but I mean, I just think that this is correct. Like, <laughs> I, I really like, I really like Pittsburgh. Like, I, I think that they disappointed early because a lot of the stuff kind of going around the team, and uh, you know, a little bit of bad luck. But I think that you know they've righted it a little bit. They got a good win last week. I mean, to go in Tampa, who was three and zero and beat them, I think that was a really impressive win. They made some really nice plays on defense. Uh, I mean, the Ravens have been slinging it. I certainly think that they can uh, score a little bit on Pittsburgh because I don't think their defense is great. But, I mean, the Steelers offensively are just really clicking right now. Antonio Brown, the greasy wheel, uh, the wheel was, the squeaky wheel was finally greased. I think he's going to continue to get work. Uh, Vance McDonald has literally already killed a, a defensive back. <laughs> and uh, he's going to be looking for more. So I, I think that this is a, a good bet. I mean, I... I don't know what the look ahead line was on this, but I'd imagine it was probably a little bit bigger. Uh, I like Pittsburgh. I think I'm like a Pittsburgh fan. Like I think that they're good. You know, like I think they're a good team. I would have bet them over in terms of a season long total. Uh, so I'm going to continue to support them here uh, against the Ravens. Yeah, I was super happy last week. I think Vance McDonald ended up as maybe my highest exposure tight end in best ball because his price became basically free towards the end of the preseason after dealing with his injury. And if week three is any indication, he's going to be the tight end that you want in Pittsburgh. So let's go Vance. Giddy up, baby. Everybody Vance now. (laughs) Uh, Chiefs, minus five at Broncos. This is your Monday night football game. I mean, Pat Mahomes on Monday night football doesn't get any better than that. Uh, 56-point total. They're expecting a shootout. They're expecting it to rain in Denver. What do you think of this? I honestly have no idea. I don't know how to approach the Chiefs anymore. Like, the what the first three weeks have shown us is that they might be a team that is just historically great offensively. Um, it's only been three weeks, but I just don't know if there's any way to slow them down at this point. They have so many weapons. Like, they're above average on every spot offensively. You know, wherever you could want to look, they're better than you for the most part. And they have a great offensive coach in Andy Reid. Um, I, I on paper, I want to say that the Broncos have as good a shot as anyone to slow them down. You know, like their defense is is strong, or at least we expected it to be strong at the beginning of the season. But can anyone stop the Chiefs at this point? I don't know. Like I'm going to take the Broncos because, I again, like a five-point road favorite uh, just feels high to me for the Chiefs. But, uh, you know, would it shock me if they won this game again big and their offense put up 40? It would not. So I will take the Broncos. Uh, and and just wait to see what happens with the Chiefs. Like it might be one of those '07 Patriots situations where we just have to rethink what we know about sports betting because of this offense. Yeah, I think uh, like you said, adjusting to what's happening now is definitely important. The Chiefs are just awesome. Like we were talking at the top of the show, really difficult to defend. I mean, last week they ran this play. I don't know if you saw this, but like Tyreek Hill like motioned into the backfield and then like motioned back out the other way. And they like faked like a swing to him and like reverse pivoted and threw a screen to Kelsey and he gained like 20 yards. Like, I'm like, how, like, how do you defend this? Like, I, I'm not really sure. Um, and we talked a little bit about this last week, but Denver's pass defense really hasn't been as good right. as it's been in years past. So it's not really a great matchup, especially if they can't get to Mahomes, which I mean, by all accounts, they haven't really done a great job of all year. So. I, uh, I'm going to side with the Chiefs here. I'm going to continue to take the big offense. I mean, if they are a historical great offense, I think that we're probably getting value here. Like, I, I think that there's potential for that. Their defense hasn't been great. 
but the Broncos really haven't created a lot of long plays this year. Like Demarius Thomas, very, very inefficient on his targets. Uh, Manny Sanders, still a good player. But I would say that overall, um, this is kind of a this is kind of a good matchup for Kansas City because I don't really see the guy on Denver that like breaks three big plays and kills them. So I'm, I'm going to side with the Chiefs here. Yeah, Case Case Keenum has not been as big of an upgrade for that offense at quarterback as a lot of people hope that he would be. Yep. Um, let's go to the book it my bookie picks of the week. Matt, you are still dominating the contest. Obviously, three and two last week, eight and seven overall. I am a uh, Sterling two twelve and one. Who baby? Yeah. So I'm trying to uh, avoid Hugh Jackson territory here. Um, so we're gonna go with your picks first because they're probably gonna be better. <laughs> I have confidence that you're gonna turn it around. I mean, you've definitely dug yourself a little bit of a deep hole here, but you know, if you start showing positive signs, we can just say like your record from week three on is etc. Oh, so we'll go with the trends, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I had a bunch here that I liked. I, I think there were seven or eight picks that could have found their way into my overall selections, but the five I ultimately set it, settled on were Texans plus one and a half, and again, that's my favorite pick of the week. Uh, the Patriots minus six and a half. I'm going to trust the Belichick and Brady duo to right the ship here. I'm going with the Browns plus three, all in Baker Mayfield. I'm going with the Steelers minus three, and I will take the Bengals plus five. So those are my five picks. All right. Well, we have a little bit of overlap as always, um, which is good for me. So uh, <laughs> Pats, Pats minus six and a half, Bengals plus five, and Steelers minus three. I'm also on. And then my remaining two picks are both overs. I'm going to take the Thursday night over, 49 and a half on uh, Vikes Rams, and I'm going to take Houston and Indy over 47. So those are my five. Uh, Cincy plus five, New England minus six and a half, Pittsburgh minus three, and then uh, the two overs. Yeah, I like that call on the Houston Indy over. Like you said, those teams definitely play fast, and that seems low for you know the, the speed of the game that we're probably looking at and the offensive talent, at least on one side of the ball. So Yeah, it feels a little bit like, not exactly the same, but it feels a little bit like the... Houston Seattle game last year where it's like the quality of the defense is maybe a little overrated in the game uh, and the pace of play is probably a little underrated. Let's get it. All right. That's going to do it for this edition of laying the points brought to you by my bookie. Please be sure to subscribe to rate and review the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast app and get that deposit bonus on my bookie for using promo code Rotoviz. And don't forget Rotoviz 25 gets you the extra $25. If you deposit over $100 and you do it after 7 p.m. Eastern, for Matt LaMarca, I'm Anthony Miko. May the odds be ever in your favor.